It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as the Premiership returns after Cup and European exploits. There's a new manager in the dugout as Jim Goodwin takes charge of Aberdeen at Motherwell. That passed the pitch inspection, as did St Johnston Hearts, with no problems for Livy St Mirren or Hebs Ross County. And tomorrow sees Dortmund conquering Rangers at Tannadice as Celtic host Mark McGee's Dundee. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me this afternoon, Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. Well, what a difference a week makes. Last week at this time, these two teams were preparing to face each other with Graham Alexander and Stephen Glass in the dugout. Today, none of them will be there. Graham Alexander serving a band. Stephen Glass, obviously away. And Jim Goodwin was preparing St Mirren to play Kelty. He's now in the dugout at Aberdeen. A big decision and a big job ahead for Jim Goodwin. But is it the right decision to take on the role of going in the dugout right away? That will remain to be seen Big games at Hibs and Ross County uh, As well Livy <laughs> Taz is getting bored with my intro <laughs> Livy against St Mirren How will St Mirren fare Without Jim Goodwin And St Johnson v Hearts Can St Johnson turn in their season? Mark absolutely covered everything there So we don't need to say anything But it's been a very interesting week Starting on Monday You're sitting watching Scottish Cup draw James McPeak is in the quarter-finals. Next day, he wakes up to the sack. Mark McGee's in the hot seat. Jim Goodwin takes over at Aberdeen. Rangers are absolutely brilliant in Germany. And what can you say about Celtic? For once, it was a poor performance. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the games today. We'll obviously discuss some of the big topics through the week with the European performances, managerial exits, some new guys coming in. Some men going to the game today without... A new manager, Jim Goodwin, as you say, up at Aberdeen as well. I think it's a great uh, opportunity for Jim to go up there and try and show what he can do. Some good games. I'm really looking forward to it. I think I've put Gordon to sleep. Don't you worry. Never. Sorry, Gordon. Never, don't you, you worry. He was sleeping Don't you worry at all. Uh, lots to look back on from Thursday night. Lots to get through from this afternoon. Lots to look forward to uh, for tomorrow as well, Alex Ray, because beating Borussia Dortmund is magnificent. There's one way to make sure you crash back down to earth, and that's if you don't follow it up uh, with a victory at Tannadice tomorrow. And then similarly for Celtic, they are the ones this time that have to try and, and bounce back and go better than they did on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely, Gordon. I think it's uh, interesting. I think the game uh, uh, on Thursday night was just absolutely incredible. It was uh, really a pleasure to be part of it. And... Uh, what, what absolute carnage it is in the studio But I've never experienced anything like that I'm looking about to get my earphones out of Gordon and so, Daz is hiding my earphones from me I can't hear a word Daz had your earphones on I know it's While we had a set next to him Anyway but you're absolutely right Listen I think the, the performance in the Thursday night Was absolutely incredible by Rangers you know, One of the outstanding performances that They have to go again tomorrow Gordon And uh, obviously Celtic will be looking to try and bounce back as well uh, Domestically they've been very good of late yeah, I mean, Mark Wilson, Celtic, not many times we've asked question marks of Ange Postacoglu so far or had criticism, but it's back to league business tomorrow. Yeah, and they'll have to concentrate fully on that. I don't think there's any doubt he'll be hugely disappointed at the performance and the, the result the other night. But that's what happens when you're, these games come thick and fast. You know, you, you have to put disappointment or elation, no matter what it is on the Thursday night, behind you, and then concentrate right away in the Sunday before then preparing for the second leg again. I think it was a huge surprise, 
But they're still in there I don't think the ties Both ties are dead And Ange Postacoglu's focus Won't be that one next Thursday It'll be on Dundee tomorrow At Celtic Park Yes, we're going to look back on Thursday night, I'm sure, later on. We'll look forward to tomorrow, but we've got big football this afternoon. So let's get stuck right into that. And given the developments of the last 24 hours, I think there is only one place to start. Fir Park for Motherwell against Aberdeen. Andrew McLean is there. Yeah, well, the story of a manager who's in the dugout for the first time for his new club against a manager who will be sitting in the stand today. Jim Goodwin only announced his Aberdeen boss this morning, but no messing about from him whatsoever. He's taking charge today after sealing his move from St Mirren. He seemed like the sensible choice to many to take over uh, from Stephen Glass. He's good steady progress over his time at Alloa and St Mirren. His recruitment's been good. He's very adaptable as a manager. Good to deal with from a media point of view as well and very honest, which will go down well with supporters as well. He could have stepped aside today. He could have washed his hands of the responsibility but that's not his style. He's here. He wants to make an instant impact in his time at Aberdeen. He'll be up against Graham Alexander who'll be in the stand today. He's no stranger to a bit of, what should we say, debate with referees at times. It's probably the kind way to put it but he's serving a touchline ban today but Motherwell got the better of Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup last weekend and we're hoping for similar again today. It's an unchanged side for Motherwell today. Liam Kelly starting in goal. The back four, Bevis Mugabe, Sondre Solholm, Johanny Oyala and Jake Carroll. The midfield three, Liam Donnelly, Mark O'Hara and Sean Goss. Joe Efford, Kevin Van Veen and Connor Shields. The front three, the substitutes, Fox, O'Donnell, Lamy, Willery, Shaw, Slattery, Cornelius, Tierney and Roberts. Jim Goodwin makes three changes for his first Aberdeen team. Mackenzie, Brown and Kennedy dropping out. In come McCrory, Bissayan and Montgomery. So it'll be a 3-4-3 for them. Joe Lewis starting in goal. The back three, Ross McCrory, Declan Gallagher and David Bates. The midfield four, Calvin Ramsey, Lewis Ferguson, Connor Barron and Adam Montgomery. Vicente Bissayan and Johnny Hayes either side of Christian Ramirez. The substitutes for Aberdeen, Woods, McKenzie, Emmanuel Thomas, McGeoch, McLennan, Jenks, Ruth, Kennedy and Milne. And the referee for this one at Fir Park is Nick Walsh. Now this would be an interesting fixture anyway, Mark Wilson, regardless of who is or is not in the dugout, but you look at the developments over the last 24 hours or so, uh, was it about 9 o'clock this morning or something, Aberdeen confirmed that Jim Goodwin is the new manager, a man you know well, what do you make of that appointment? Yeah, well first and foremost it's a great opportunity, like Alex said, for Jim Goodwin. I think he, his managerial career has been uh, steadily going along the correct way. He served his time as assistant manager at St Mirren before going on to Awa and having relative success there and then St Mirren. I think he can be proud of the job he's done at St Mirren. So he gets the opportunity to manage an even bigger club. Um, if I'm totally honest, Gordon, I was surprised really when how quickly Aberdeen have acted and they chose to go for someone already in a role. Um, I thought they may have looked at guys like Jack Ross, but they, they acted quickly. And you've got to say, Jim's yeah. been brave as well. By going in the dugout today How many times have we seen managers say I'll, I'll sit this one out I'll get to know the players But he's chose to go in there And try to make a difference And I guess that comes from Knowing the actual players He's he's come up against Aberdeen Numerous times this season He knows our players He knows the tactics to use So he thought going in there It would be best to make an impact And he's not frightened to make the big calls already uh, Leaving out the captain Scott Brown Obviously part of the coaching staff With Stephen Glass I'm with you Mark I'm very surprised I think it's all about timing 
two or three months ago I don't think Jim Goodwin would have been in the frame He'd, you know, 11 games hadn't won in 11 and then he goes on a real good run and you look at St Johnston for instance Callum Davidson was hot stuff at the beginning of the season with the two two cup wins all of a sudden bought my league but I wish Jim all the very very best terrific lad and uh, I'm sure he'll do well at Petort Yeah, I, I agree with the guys I said on Monday's show that um if you go back seven games ago, Jim Goodwin's not even in the frame for this job. You know, he's on the back of 11 games without a win. And it's all about timing. You know, he's on six six wins and I think it's a draw in the last seven. For me, he's obviously been the, the hot stuff at this particular time. Over the, the course of his development, he obviously at and then obviously at St Mirren, he's done relatively well. And I think, as, as, as Mark said there, he showed a steady uh, increase in what he's actually, his output. He shows he can manage at that level. And I think what Aberdeen's done is they've gone for a safe pair of hands because obviously it was a bit of a gamble going with Stephen coming all the way for the USA, not really experienced. It's backfired. Uh, and the Dave Cormack really has to get this one right because the Aberdeen fans will be up in arms if this one doesn't uh, pan out. Let's bring in David Friel because this is where these two fixtures are obviously uh, linked. Motherwell against Aberdeen and Livingston against St Mirren because it leaves St Mirren without a manager, David Friel. So before we get on to what it means for them, just give us your thoughts first on Jim Goodwin. Is that the right appointment? How did he stack up against some of the other names that were mentioned? Yeah, I, I, I agree with pretty much all the points that have been made. I think Jim, if you look back, I was doing some, some work in this yesterday and I think he's been a manager for about five and a half years and, and he has just steadily progressed. He, pro- he probably did a better job in Allo that pe- than people maybe think. He got him promoted, kept him in the championship. I think last season for St Mirren, he finished seventh and get to two semi-finals. So me, he's punching above his weight. I know he was probably disappointed not to get to a final, but I just think Jim served his time. You know, I think he's ready for a big job and I also think that he's got a big club mentality. I know maybe his, his career as a player didn't go as high as he maybe hoped after starting in Celtic, but... I don't think the pressure at Aberdeen will face him at all. And I just think he's gone about it the right way in terms of management. He's only 40, he's got good ideas, he's fresh, he's got a good coach there in Lee Sharp. So I thought maybe somebody like Jack Ross would be in contention as well. I'm sure it probably did come down to maybe him or Jim, but I think Aberdeen have got a good manager there. I really do, and I think it's up to Jim now to take Aberdeen back to where they think they should be. We spoke last week about Aberdeen, it's only two trophies in 32 years, so... I think his first chance, or sorry, his first job is just to consolidate for the rest of the season. But I think down the line next year, the season after, he'll be looking to win a trophy. And the timing of it is interesting. I suppose you can only make these things go as, as quickly as you can. But 8 o'clock this morning, Aberdeen announced it. He is in the dugout this afternoon, David. So it's all had to come together quite quickly. Yeah, it has. I mean, I think... Obviously, they kind of used the interest earlier in the week, and I think the, the, the clause in his contract was about a quarter of a million pounds, which again is quite high. So Aberdeen clearly clearly do believe in him, but for St. Man, it's not ideal. It's far from ideal. But I quite admire the fact Jim's gone in and went straight away. I'll take charge of the team. I don't like this sitting in the stand and let the coach take it. It's his team now. I'm sure he's picked his side, and you know I think Aberdeen players will get a boost from a manager being so positive and motivated to go and to go and get a win in his first game against a, a really tough Motherwell side. Okay then, where does it leave St Mirren? And don't say the Tony Macaroni, that's the sort of answer Gordon DL would reply with. Uh, that's where you are today. Uh, where do they go from here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, you know, I'm just looking over at the, the away stand and there's only a few fans so far. And I, I dare say the ones that do arrive will be a bit sombre. You know, as you say, Gordon, it was 8 o'clock this morning, it was the news they were dreading, Aberdeen got their man. It's a huge loss, speaking to a couple of guys behind the scenes at St Mirren, I don't, I don't think they're trying to disguise that, but... They need to move on. You know, they need to go and search for Jim Goodwin's successor, and I think it's already started. 
I'm told there was a board meeting last night. You would expect Jack Ross, who spoke about in terms of Aberdeen, is also a former St Man manager. You'd imagine he will be high in the list of candidates, but a couple of other names have emerged in the last sort of 12 hours or so. Stephen Naismith, who's currently a coach at Hearts, is definitely of interest to St Man, and so is Scott Brown, who as you spoke about as the Aberdeen captain at the moment so I think some men will look at tried and trusted I think they'll look at older heads but they're also looking at the new generation of coaches as well and Stephen Naismith and Scott Brown definitely come in to that category so it'll be interesting to see I don't think they'll mess about I would imagine they'll try and get someone in within the next three or four days uh, for the moment Jamie Langfield he's in charge today along with Andy Webster and Alan McManus they've got the job of lifting the players I don't know if Jamie Langfield will follow Jim Goodwin as a goalie coach to Aberdeen I think he probably will but he's in charge today. St Man, as you said, have been on a terrific run. Six wins and a draw since they went a break. And they won here 1 0 early in the season. But if you look back at the results, they never really get it easy against Livy. I think in the last 10 meetings, it's been four Livy wins, three St Man wins, and three draws. Most of the wins have come by the odd goal. So I'd expect this one to be really tight again. Jamie Langfield, I'm not surprised. He's, he's, he's kept the same team that beat Kelly Hearts 4 0 last weekend. I'll just run through the St Man team for you. It's Jack Annie Kingles, Marcus Fraser, Joe Shaughnessy, Charles Dunn, and Richard Tate at the back. Alec Gogic and Alan Powell will be the midfield sitters with Greg Kelty, Connor Ronan and Jordan Jones in behind Alec Grieve. Subs for St Myrner, Linus, McCarthy, Tanzer, Erehon, Flynn, Henderson and Main. For Livy, you know, David Martindale I'm sure will be telling his players to take advantage of the last sort of 48 hours that St Myrner have had. They were knocked out the Scottish Cup of Hearts last week after penalties, Livy, but they've also been on a decent run since they went a break and they sit just ninth in the table and that's just two points behind St Myrner, so they actually have a chance to overtake them today. As expected, they're, they're also unchanged with a good performance at Tynecastle, so I'll just run through the, the Levy team for you as well. It's Max Stryker goals, Nicky Devlin, Ayo Obele, Jack Fitzwater and James Penrice at the back of midfield three. Scott Pittman, Jason Holt and Stefan Omionga with Alan Forrest, Bruce Anderson and Joe Nubley up front. Melee boys, Longridge, McMillan, Kelly, Montano, Sybil, Shinny and Soto are the subs for Levy. And the referee at the Tony McInerney is Gordon Dale's gym buddy, Willie Collum. <laughs> Just a quick one before we move on. What do the guys in the studio make of those names uh, being linked with St Mirren, Jack yeah. Ross, obviously, but then two very interesting ones in, in Scott Brown and Stephen Naismith. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You're absolutely right, Gordon. Uh, Stephen Naismith and uh, Scott Brown, obviously, novices to this, obviously get a little bit of coaching uh, credentials. For me, it might be a step too far to, to throw them into the mix so soon. You know, I think they're trying to push for the top part of the table. Uh, and I would probably suggest that a, a tried and tested may well be the better option. Uh, Jack Ross has obviously got history there, left after a year of getting promotion after myself, done a decent job. Um, and I know there was one or two people who were a bit disappointed he left and didn't take on the challenge of uh, uh, kind of leading them into the Premiership. It was a good opportunity, but when Sunderland comes calling with the, the fan base mm. and things, that was only one decision to be made. But the one thing we can say is, see when these jobs come up, they're so sought after, you know, they're maybe 50, 60 applicants trying to uh, kind of secure the, the services uh, at St Mirren and when you when you look at that there may be somebody at a left fielder who just stands out you will look at Graham Alexander comes up to Motherwell and we're thinking right okay he's got decent experience down south I think he's done a really steady job safe pair of hands maybe yeah, someone like him yeah I agree with you Alec I think someone from left field maybe just uh, the, the shout for St Mirren it's a usual candidate it's Jack Ross is getting linked to every job that comes up we know that he's a good manager done a good job at Hibs Obviously a past manager at St Mirren um, But I don't know about the, the Scott Brown type uh, appointment uh, Is he ready for that big step? Um, only time will tell I'm with Alec I think, they'll, I think they'll look left field I think I'll be a surprise I think there still should be an apprenticeship in, in the management game That you have to serve your time as a manager Maybe building up through the divisions Or get 
you know, years of experience as a coach. Uh, that's why I think St Mirren will go for someone who's been in the role before, understands what it takes to be a manager, and then maybe bring a younger assistant along with them. So I think one of the older heads in Jack Ross is certainly in the driving seat for me. I'm sure we can get back to that story later on this afternoon. There is a lot happening this afternoon, you have to say. Big games, managerial merry-go-round, lots to look back on and to preview as well. Let's bring in Fraser. Uh, my tenuous link, Fraser, is that you're watching Hibs, who were recently left by Jack Ross, of course. Uh, Sean Maloney now in charge there up against Ross County today. Give us the teams. Yeah, and you're mentioning the fact that uh, Sean Maloney came in. I was looking at the facts here. 20th of December, it's now 60 days since Sean was appointed, and there's been nine other appointments in then, uh, since then. So there's nine managers with less than 60 days' experience. So Sean Maloney is almost a veteran compared to a lot of them, and Hibs fans will be hoping that uh, the good start to Sean Maloney's reign will come back because uh, since... Uh, the new year has been a real struggle for them and they'll be hoping that uh, in the sunshine today in Leith that last week's win against Arbroath will kickstart their season but it's been a struggle since the turn of the year five league games, two nil-nil draws, three defeats and only two goals scored and that was in one game when they lost here against Levy 3-2 and you had scrappy 1-0 win after extra time against Cove in the Cup and you can see that the form has been really poor but Nisbet got on the score seat recent signing Chris Muller also got his first goal for the club that's just the type of situation that could see him go on a goal-scoring run. Been a bit chopping and changing by Sean and his team recently, partly down to form, partly down to injury. Key players like Paul Hanlon and Joe Newell are still missing. Sean Maloney sticking with his 3-4-1-2 formation. And a lot of players like Lewis Stevenson are playing new positions and been shifted about. So a bit of settling in for Hibs to do. But if they're going to push for fourth place, as a lot of teams are, this is the type of game they need to win. But I think it'll be a really difficult one. I like the way County set themselves up. I think Malcolm Mackay's brought in a lot of decent young players and they're on a good run of form in contrast to Hibs since the turn of the year. Unbeaten in the last four, nine points from six games. are slowly pulling away from St. Johnson and Dundee at the bottom of the table. And although they're not anywhere near safe, by contrast, it's so tight in the mid-table. A win today would see them one point behind Hibs and right in the mix of fourth and possibly nine points ahead of Dundee at the bottom of the table. So County have a settled look about them. Weekend off last week, didn't play in the Cup because they were knocked out and they'll be fresh. they get pace and skill in wide areas. They like to hit on the counter-attack. And of course, top scorer Reagan Charles Cook is a real danger. They scored a lot of goals, but they've also lost a lot of goals. And that's where Hibs, I think, will be looking to the likes of Nisbet and Henderson and Jasper up front to take advantage of that. For Hibs, they've just made one change with a team that beat Arbroath last week. Mitchell, of course, is injured. And in comes Josh Campbell. A bit of a reshuffle in their team. Matt Macy in goals. Back three, Rocky Boucheri, Ryan Porteous and Lewis Stevenson. Midfield, Chris Cadden, Jake Doyle-Hayes, Josh Campbell and Josh Doig. With Ewan Henderson behind Sylvester Jasper and Kevin Nisbet. The subs for Hibs, Kevin Dabrowski, Dre Wright, Christian Doidge, Chris Muller, Darren McGregor, James Scott, Eli Melkerson and two youngsters, 17-year-old Jacob Blaney and 18-year-old Oscar McIntyre for Ross County. Three changes from their last game when they drew with Livingston. Watson and Spittle are injured and Hungbo is on the bench. In come Baldwin, Harry Payton and Dominic Samuel. Ross Laidlaw's in goals, a back four. Connor Randall, Jack Baldwin, Alex Yacoviti and Jake Vokins. Sitting in midfield, Harry Payton and Jordan Tilson. And ahead of them, Dominic Samuel, Ross Callahan, Reagan Charles Cook behind lone striker Jordan White. Ashley Maynard Brewer, Alex Samuel, Kane Ramsey, Declan Drysdale, Yusuf Humbo, Ben Payton, Matthew Wright, Adam McKinnon and Josh Sims, a recent signing from Southampton, are on the bench. And the referee today, Easter Road, is Stephen McLean. And finally, St Johnston up against Hearts. Dave Galloway has the teams. 
Thanks, Gordon. Well, although St Johnson lie at the foot of the Premiership, the feeling is that there are green shoots of recovery after 11 defeats in succession. They've now lost only once in the last five games, and a win today would lift them above Dundee. The Jam Tarts come to McDermott Park refreshed following a whole week without a match. That's not happened since the winter break for them. They may be 10 points clear in third place, but have won only one of the previous five league games, and so are obviously striving for consistency. To the teams and four changes for St Johnston. The men coming in, Parrish, Gallagher, Davidson and Sang. Out drop Clark, Brown, Butterfield and Booth. So it's Parrish in goals. Cleary, Gordon and McCart at the back. Sang, Halberg, Davidson and Gallagher in midfield with Middleton and Crawford supporting the main striker, Hendry. The substitutes, Sinclair, Mahon, Brown, Butterfield, Gilmore, Bear. Um, O'Halloran, May and Chief Chi. Four changes also for the Jam Tarts. Stewart, Haring, Atkinson and Janelli in for Gordon, Smith, Beningamy and Halliday. So it's Stewart in goals, back three, Sibick, Souter and Kingsley. Midfield, Atkinson, Devlin, Haring and Cochran with Mackay, Sims and Janelli up top. Substitutes for the Jambos, McFarlane, Beningamy, McInneth, Woodburn, Mackay, Stephen and Halliday, Moore and Pollock. And your match referee here at uh, McDermott Park is Grant Irvin. That's you all set up for a fantastic afternoon of top flight action at this stage on a Saturday. We usually get all the guys involved. We look back on the week's biggest stories and we'll do that next. Action as it happens. And your reaction from five on the open line. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You are up to date on the team news ahead of the three o'clock games in the Scottish Premiership. There's a lot to look back on, though we always take this opportunity on a Saturday to review some of the week's biggest talking points. And Alex Ray, there is only one place to start. It is Dortmund Thursday night and you were there. How good was it? It was absolutely incredible, Gordon. I was doing some prep work uh, leading up to the game and when you look through the, the personnel that they have, the money that they've spent over the last few years... You can any hundreds of millions of pounds. Uh, household names, you know, vastly experienced internationals, guys like Witzel, 120 caps for uh, Belgium. You know, you're looking at Marco Royce, 50 for Germany. It's, it's incredible. So to go and put a performance on in the manner which they did, Gordon, and I thought it was really brave uh, for the manager. Now, we were pretty critical of the old firm game about you now sitting off. I thought he was brave in the fact that he actually went and took the game to him. He played, tried to do a high press. Uh, and then all their key players performed on the night and uh, I'll go down as one of the best uh, European experiences I've ever uh, kind of w- witnessed and uh, but I, what I will say you need to add a little bit of caution because I still think the tie's very much up in there yeah going away going away from home you're thinking right just keep yourself in the tie Alec they were comfortable they deserved it yes early stages uh, Dortmund had a couple of good chances that they, 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 they gave up but I just thought that Rangers look comfortable. The two big players for me, they didn't have a failure on the night. Of course, you can't you can't afford to have that if you're going over to Dortmund. But I thought Ryan Jack in the middle of the part was sensational and Morelos gave Dortmund's back men such a hard time. Derek Ray said in this show on Tuesday, I think it was, I was on with Roger, uh, about a glass jaw. And I've got to say, they certainly um, capitalised on that. Four goals away from home. I don't see I, I see Dortmund scoring Ibrooks, but let me say I see Rangers scoring more Yeah it was it was quite remarkable watching it I mean I, I I turned up here on Thursday and I was honest enough to say I thought Rangers were going to get a real going over 
But straight through the off Five minutes in We're watching that going Well Rangers look very comfortable They're committing bodies forward They look like they enjoy playing that stage They scored the goals at great times You've got to say But then you've got to commend the way that they came out the second half They didn't sit back They didn't try and you know Really flood their own penalty box And defend across the 18 yard line They actually took the game to Dortmund And they got what they deserve So a remarkable result But I'm with the guys I don't think the tie's dead yeah, I, I think that's the key thing. Uh, obviously, uh, Halling may well be coming back. Uh, there was murmurs that they were up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you go off that fence. But no, I, I just look at the potential of this guy coming back. I think it's 80 goals in 79 games at the top level. You know, he's obviously a key player for them. But that's something Rangers will have to deal with. I agree with Dazzler. I actually think there's going to be more goals uh, in, in this, this I, time. I, 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 I think the tie is over, right? I, I really do. I think if you go away from home, and you score four against a top quality side, you would look to come and finish your job at Ibrox. It will be difficult because they've got good players, but I just look at that back line of Dortmund. They will give up chances, and Morelis is banging for him just now. Kent had a very good game. They weren't a failure. Ryan Jack in the middle of the park is pivotal to everything they do. He's such an important player for them. I just think with the 50,000 behind them, they will certainly go through. The interesting thing, I know, sorry, Mark, I was just about to... But in there, the one thing is uh, the boy Bassey. You know, at that level, we've obviously seen him in, uh, over the European uh, campaign, and to go into the centre of the park and be as aggressive as it, what he was on the yeah. night, I thought he was brilliant. Because you've got to remember, man, I think this boy's only twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. So you know they've mm. they've, they've, they've got him for a steal, uh, and when you look through the Rangers squad, and you think there's about five or six Bosmans in amongst that, it's, it's an incredible achievement. I, th- I thought on the night. Every every single player was you know done their job and and were particularly good. The surprising thing we said it on Thursday night as well. Alan McGregor on these nights that you expect to dig them out a hole and be a big player for them, very rarely got troubled. Now that's done to a couple of things. Obviously Dortmund, the way that they were playing, but the Rangers back line and yeah. in, in the midfield in front restricted Dortmund, and that was a relatively easy night um, for Alan McGregor. So I don't think Rangers fans expected it, but certainly one of our most memorable nights. In Europe. Yes, let's bring in some of the guys and get their thoughts. David Friel, inevitably, when you get a result like that, it leads straight on to the conversation of where does that result rank? Certainly for Rangers fans, that must be right up there in terms of European performances, no? Yeah, and, and definitely in modern, modern memory. I mean, obviously since Steven Gerrard came to the club, Rangers have done you know, terrifically well in Europe and probably defied the odds on so many occasions. I'm thinking back to games against Galatasaray and, and the likes of that. But certainly, you know, you maybe look back to the Leon game and stuff like that. But in, in modern times, I think it ranks up there. And I think it goes to Scottish football as well. You know, I, I agree with everything the guys are saying. I also think someone who deserves a lot of credit, given what happened against Celtic, is Borna Barisic. You know, he still had a couple of shaky moments in Germany, but he showed a lot of character. You know, after that Celtic game, you know, he didn't come out for the second half. There was a lot of people thinking. Was he going to be a Rangers regular? There was a lot of pressure on him going into that game against a really good Dortmund side, but I thought he really showed up well. Could have scored a goal and defended part of a, a really good defensive performance as well, but I agree with Gordon. I think Rangers will go through. I think Rangers will score over there. Erling Haaland, I've, I've just noticed, I don't think he's going to play for Dortmund tomorrow. I think the Marco Rosa manager's just announced that, that he won't be playing tomorrow. So are they going to shove him in against Rangers at Ibrox? Have not played for five or six weeks? I'm not so sure. So I think Rangers will have more than enough to go and finish the job on Thursday night. Andrew McLean, you were also there, and to bring you in as the the young in the young man club, I'm not saying that David Field's not part of that. I think he just about hangs on in there. Uh, for football fans of of your generation, that must be it. Must be up there. It must be top. It must be close in terms of European achievement. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at... David was talking earlier on about some of the results. You look at the teams Rangers have come up against since they've been back in Europe, and Rangers haven't come up against a team of Borussia Dortmund's level. When they faced Bayer Leverkusen uh, a couple of seasons ago, that looked like the next step up, and Rangers didn't get through at that stage. They looked completely outclassed. And at that point, you kind of thought when when Celtic or Rangers come up against teams of that level, we've seen Celtic in the Champions League group stages come up against teams like Barcelona, PSG. Yes, you could argue that they are maybe a, a level above, but, you know, absolutely obliterated by them at times. And it just looked like that gap was, was way too big. And you wondered whether you would see Celtic or Rangers get a result like this against uh, a big European side. And not only was it, you know, sneaking a win, Rangers fully deserved to win. When that third goal went in, you could just sense the shock around the stadium that no one could quite believe what was going on at 2-0. You know, Rangers were well and truly in it. They'd uh, ridden a wee bit of a storm. Dortmund had some chances, but they'd also had chances of their own. Then it's a penalty. Then, you know, it's a set piece and a tap in at the back post. Then a real bit of quality for that third goal. And you're thinking, you know, this uh, this is a, a deserved performance. It's going to be a deserved victory, and it will be a, a game and a result that will live long in the memory for, I would say, you know, not only Rangers fans, but fans of Scottish football, because it's just big for, for Scottish football as a whole. Yeah, it certainly is. On the flip side, David Friel, what do you take away from Celtic's defeat? Uh, perhaps a little reality check. You know, I, th- I think, you know, speak at Rangers and every single player was at, on their game, you know, they were at it. I think Ryan Jack said after 10 minutes, he looked around his teammates and thought, we're at it here, we're onto something. I think for Celtic, after 5 or 10 minutes, you could tell that some of the key players, Tom Rogic, Leal Abada, maybe Jota as well, just weren't at it. And I think against a team so well drilled and so well structured as Bodo Glimt, I don't think you can get away with that. You know, Ange Postecoglou will probably say how many saves did Joe Hart really have to make, but then how many clear-cut chances did Celtic have? You know, I just thought there was a, a lethargy about some of their, their, their play and I, I just don't think they had the same spark and same intensity as I've shown in recent weeks. And I, th- I think that ties over as well. I, don't, I think Celtic can score two goals over there, but I can't see them keeping a clean sheet against a team so well drilled and they've got some good players as well I really like some of their strikers and I probably didn't know enough about them getting into it I knew they were a good side but I think Bodo Glimt if they had to showed you know the rest of Europe just how good a side they are Is that a reality check Mark Wilson for Celtic? Yeah I, I suppose it is in a way because uh, I was so surprising but I think you know you got to remember only six months ago where Celtic were and how far they've came along and, and that kind of has echoed with the support, what they actually expect. Um, you know, we're talking about a side here who who beat Roma pretty convincingly and, and then drew away from home. I know they hadn't played for a while, but look, you could see after five minutes how this team were well drilled, their players were comfortable in the ball. And Ange Postecoglou maintains at all times that this Celtic side is still a work in progress. Now, that'll be okay, I guess, until the end of the season because the priority is the league for Celtic but there's no doubt about it next season in getting into European competition Ange Postecoglou has to find a, a style of play that is tighter defensively getting into European competition you cannot lose that amount of goals over the course of the, the European campaign this season and expect to progress and it comes hand in hand with being at Celtic the Celtic fans expect a decent run in Europe they're quite quick to point out the frustrations when results like this happen. 
Um, so for now, I think it's fine. The league's a priority, but going forward, there needs to be a tighter unit defensively when you come up against top opposi- uh, top opposition. I've, I've got to say, uh, Mark, uh, as much as you look at Celtic's performance, I thought the opposition were absolutely yeah. terrific yeah. on the night. The a team that hadn't played competitively for two months turns up at uh, Celtic Park and played Celtic at their own game. I think that's a massive ask for Celtic. I really do. Uh, I can't see them, and unless it was just a one-off, but the Norwegians looked absolutely comfortable on the ball. They looked skillful. They looked like they had bags of pace. They were confident. I just thought it was an, an excellent performance from an away team. I still think that the ties up in the air. I know they were decent on the night. Uh, you know, some good players, as you said, they looked very well drilled. I think the fact that they came back after two months. You know, obviously the, the the run out the run out against Celtic will help them get back up to match uh, sharpness as well. So, I think if Celtic can get an early goal, does is very much up in the air because you know how quickly these ties can change. Yeah, I just wonder about sometimes the the emotion that gets attached to it. David. Feel we are as a footballing nation or a footballing city, we get very high with the the positives and we get very low when when things don't go uh, our way. If you look at the game overall, I mean, a Celtic did have quite a lot of the ball. In fact, they had a lot more of it than Bodo Glimp. They had more shots, they had more corners, all, all the rest of it. Now, granted, that doesn't get you anywhere. But I, I wonder if it was just a, in the boxes, you know, in terms of being a bit more clinical uh, at one end and, and maybe a, cu- a couple of fine moments in the game, rather than this overall soul-searching that goes on after a defeat about where Celtic are and are they as good as they thought they were and what does this say about their standing in European football? Was it was it just maybe a 90 minutes where Bodo got the, the big moments right and Celtic didn't? Yeah, of, of course it was. As I said, you know, Celtic did have... You know, you know, Celtic had a lot of the ball and they did have chances and stuff like that, but I think you also... When I say reality check, I don't mean it in a sense of, you know, everything's doom and gloom for Celtic. I just think Celtic have had a lot of praise, and rightly so. I think the job Ange Postacoglu has done has been astounding, really. But before this game, Gordon, people were talking about can Celtic go and win Europa Conference League? Can they, you know, can they go all the way in the competition? And I just think that against a team so well-drilled and so structured and off the back of probably four years together, I know they've lost some of their, their best players, but this has been a real project. Ketty Onutsen at, at Bodo Glimt and I, I just think they showed that when you get to that level they're just maybe lacking a little bit I'm dare say Ange Postacoglu can get them to the stage where these nights don't happen but I just think there's a little bit of luck still to be done and um, as I said I think Celtic can go and take some of the chances in, in Norway as well but if you look at the way Bodo Glimt just picked Celtic off at the right moments then I think keeping a clean sheet will be a really tall order over there well, in different ways, they're both set up to be fantastic second legs on Thursday. We're already looking forward to those, but we've got a lot of football to get through before then, particularly this afternoon, and we will go back around the grounds next. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson, Alex Ray and Gordon DL are in this studio. Can I actually just check that you are all in the studio because I'm actually working from home this afternoon in case people can't tell which is going to be a real challenge believe me between now and 6 o'clock leaving you three idiots to your own devices excuse me uh, in there in the studio two, two um, idiots I'm controlling things Gordon don't worry about it just uh, on a serious note though is Gordon DL in the studio yes I'm here over now Roger 
Right, it's just because I've just um, I've just had some news in from Fur Park, and this is this genuinely is true that a a, a, a gentleman ma- sort of matches the description of you uh, age wise and so on has just proposed before the game in one of the hospitality boxes, and I thought that sounds exactly like something you would do. Uh, yeah, so I thought well. it must be you. And I'm actually not joking. If Andrew McLean is there, if he wants to just look over to your left, Andrew McLean, you see those wee boxes up the back of the, the Davy Cooper stand? Someone couldn't even wait for the game, couldn't even wait for Muller to score. They've got down and popped the question already. The boxes are just out of my eyesight, but it's, to be honest, it's probably better doing it now before the game because you don't want to get to full time and if Mother will have lost this game and then turn around and propose after a 3-0 defeat, maybe best to get it out of the way before the match. That is true. Gordon DL, you, you can confirm that's definitely not you. You're definitely you, there at Clyde Bank. Do you know what? I think I've encouraged them because I was in the Davy Cooper suite last night, Gordon. So there must have been something in there when I left. He's come in today. He knew I was there and decided, I'm going to be like the Dazzler. I'm going to get some marriages under my belt. <laughs> what, what would DL do? Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, congratulations to the happy couple. I mean, what a romantic setting. I've always said it's got to be one of the most romantic places in uh, in world football, Mark Wilson. So there we go. Days off to a flyer. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, Daz. Oh. I mean, what, what were you doing in the David Cooper suite anyway last night? I was at our 21st birthday party. Stop it. Your granddaughters. That brings up more questions than answers, actually. Move on, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did say honestly, this could be what are we at ten to three, right? You've made it fifty minutes. I have serious, serious concerns about the rest of this afternoon. I could just tell it's got off to a, a bizarre start. I'm not there to keep you in line. I trust producer <laughs> Callum. I know he, I know he will do his best. But it's like you know that absolute joy he used to get when you saw. The substitute teacher come into the classroom <laughs> and you just thought, we've yeah, got this guy. Yeah. We have got this guy. There is no chance he can control us. <laughs> That's what you three are going to be like with him this afternoon. See, for 50 minutes, I've never seen anyone shake their head as much. The the no, no, keeps going, no. <laughs> so he's trying to keep us under control as he's drinking his water. He won't let us touch any of these buttons here. There's so many of them as well. Oh, I'm nervous. I am nervous. We've made it 50 minutes. Let's see how we go between now. And six o'clock. Anyway, so I'm in the house. I'm in the living room. I've got it all. I've got, I think I've got it set up. I've got the Motherwell game ready to go. Obviously, because mm. I can't let you lot put me off. I get to choose in my own house. And uh, yeah, I think we're fine. Will we make it? Certainly. Good. Right. Okay. Well, let's go around the grounds and see what's going on. Let's get another recap uh, of things at, at Motherwell. A proposal aside, Andrew McLean. It's a very intriguing football match. Motherwell have really got the better of Aberdeen this season. Three wins, three Kevin Van Veen inspired wins. The one last week, of course, in the Cup, which was the end of the road for Stephen Glass. So it's a big one this afternoon in, in the Premiership. Yeah, well, I mean, after that proposal, the last thing there was in the air last week was love, because you looked at what happened between Kevin Van Veen and some of the Aberdeen defenders. He called David Bates and Declan Gallagher arrant and, uh, arrogant sorry, and disrespectful after it. He celebrated in their faces, really, when he got the leveller last week. He wasn't really happy uh, about the way that they went about their business. And then you looked at the away end as well. Things had turned really sour at Aberdeen at that point, despite how tight the table was. Ninth was nowhere near good enough. The, the fans at the end, the, 
the away team need to sort of walk up the stand next to where the away supporters are. And there was a few videos circulating on social media um, of, you know, just a furious reaction from players. The away fans have actually been moved into the top tier of that stand today. So that incident may have had something to do with it. But you think these Aberdeen fans will have renewed hope now with Jim Goodwin in charge today. And just interesting looking at his team selection as well. They've gone for a three at the back system. That wasn't working for Jim Goodwin in the first half of this season at St Mirren. He changed to a 4-2-3-1 after the winter break. They went on a great run, but you must feel that this Aberdeen side are much suited to a three at the back formation, and that's what he's decided on today. As for Motherwell, they've not won in their last six league matches. They still sit in fifth, but Graham Alexander he will be happier with what he saw last weekend against Aberdeen, but they really need to start picking up some serious points with just how tight that top six race is. Well, Jim Goodwin knows how to go to Fir Park and escape without defeat. Six of the last nine trips for him there have ended in a draw. I don't know what that means for you this afternoon, Andrew McLean, but we are looking forward to that one. That is an absolute cracker. Motherwell against Aberdeen. Uh, forever linked this afternoon to Livy St Mirren. Interesting to see what impact this has on the St Mirren players, David Friel, because quite often, well more often than not when your manager goes it's because you've not been performing, that's not the case for these St Mirren players and you just wonder if it will be a bit of a, a body blow to them to, to lose the manager when things were going so well. Yeah I'm sure it will be and if it's about proposals at Fair Park it's about divorce here with Jim Gooden leaving St Mirren but Gordon it will be a body blow but I'm just looking through this St Mirren team and I just think there's so much experience here, you know Jack Anik, Marcus Fraser, Joe Shaughnessy, Charles Dunn, Richard Tate, Alec Gogic, Alan Power, Jordan Jones, guys that have been around the block you know and I dare say all these guys have played in teams where managers have been sacked, managers have been headhunted so I think they'll, I think that you know the good pros in there like Shaughnessy, Fraser, Power, all these guys I think they'll pull, pull the rest of them together and just say look do it for yourself, do it for the team and, and just keep this good run going. As I said, there's never much between these two teams. It's always tends to be a one each draw or a one nil either way and I'd expect similar again today. But you know, while I dare say every single one of those St Man players would rather have Jim Goodwin in the dressing room right now giving them their final pep talk, it's not the case. It's Jamie Langfield, Andy Webster, Alan McManus, but I dare say they'll go out and, and give everything as usual against a really good Lovey side. Yeah, been a terrific run for St Mirren, hasn't it? Six wins and a draw in 2022. But only two points ahead of Livingston this afternoon. Our friend of the show, Marvin, or Martin Bartley, as Gordon Dale likes to call him. I'm sure he and David Martindale will be more than fired up for this one. Should be an absolute cracker. Uh, let's go to Hibbs Ross County as well. Fraser, the league is just so bizarre, that, that middle portion of it. Hibs can go fourth today. They're one of five teams, I think, that can can go fourth. Albeit maybe there's some uh, goal difference uh, issues there, but that's an incredible statistic when you think that they're six without a win in the league. Yeah, it, it, it's really bizarre. That middle of the table, like of Aberdeen, Motherwell, Hibernian, in recent weeks just haven't been able to, to put a good run together. And uh, anyone that does that you think it's got a real good chance of finishing in that fourth place. But as I said earlier, Ross County win today, and let's not rule it out, I think they're a decent side, especially away from home. Then then they've got a real... Ch they'll be a point, sorry, behind Tabernay. So that whole middle of the table from fourth to tenth is really congested. So, you know, any team could actually finish fourth or finish, finish tenth, and that's the beauty of the, the, the SPFL Premiership. I think the start to this game is, is just so important to get the fans on side. The players have to give the fans something to, to cheer because... Recently at home, lost to St Mirren, lost to Livy, drew nothing each with Hearts, a scrappy 1-0 win against Cove. It's not been great, and they have to be really careful 
of the pace on the break of the likes of Charles Cook is the obvious one Ross Callahan, a player again been around for a while can create things from the midfield area two goals in their five league games this year four blanks so all the stats point to the issues being in the final third for Hibs and they're going to have to give the, the fans something to cheer if not they can, they can turn very very quickly and he has got options he's got Jasper and uh, Nisbet off running Henderson just off him who's made a difference I think playing in that role in the last few games but they've got Reeves signing Melkerson signed from Bodo Glimt and they've got Doidge and they've got Chris Muller so the, the options are there Maloney's been backed he has a good squad and it's now time for the players to turn it on because if they don't the, 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 the fans here will soon turn on them and let them know Yes, probably time for Ross County to really start looking up the way as well. They, well, possibly are pulling away already from the bottom two, but certainly could if they win this afternoon last. But by no means least, let's go to McDermott Park and check in with Dave ahead of St Johnston Hearts. Uh, Dave Galloway, I will give you a behind-the-scenes look at the Hearts mood this morning. Andy Halliday texted me and he said, there is no chance this game will be on. He was ready for an afternoon listening uh, to you lot and it does go ahead what's the pitch like? The pitch um, it looks okay um, and that's perhaps being um, polite it does look rutted there are uh, muddy patches uh, and over to my right there's a, a rather large section just by the corner flag running along the, the touchline towards the goal you know it looks a bit like a beach there's loads and loads of sand on there obviously the, the worry was that the with the uh, electric undersoil heating on um, melting all the snow it might flood the pitch it doesn't appear to be any flooding but once the action gets underway gone, it'll be very interesting to see how badly it cuts up it does look rather threadbare especially uh, down in front of me as I sit, sit up at the back of the, the main stand the section of pitch down in front of me uh, there's quite a lot of attention being uh, paid to that so we'll see how uh, things will go there um, a, a huge psychological lift obviously for Saints uh, could be uh, given to them you know if they can get a victory the leapfrog relegation rivals um, Dundee who certainly won't be fancy to get anything at Celtic Park tomorrow a big blow to be missing Clark top class keeper of course uh, but in midfield Davidson's back in the side his aggression and drive can, can make a big difference to them as for Hearts, uh, an unconvincing recent record. Not only is third place uh, theirs to lose, there's also, of course, the Scottish Cup quarter-final with St Mirren to look forward to next month. And three points here today would surely boost the feel-good factor even further. Uh, just to address what you said at the, the top of the link, um, Mr Halliday missing out, that's a, a blow for him, obviously. But uh, Ginelli is back in, um, and he's, he's a tricky player. He could cause uh, St Johnson plenty. Uh, problems um, a blow to them as well though, uh, to have to do without a superb goalie in Gordon but um, an, an intriguing 90 minutes and just uh, in the standoff to my left there's a, a big heart support uh, gathering Yes, you're right to mention Josh Ginelli, 3-2 against St. Johnson this season. He'll fancy this fixture, but a strange one. Those goalkeepers are always there, it seems. Uh, none of them playing this afternoon. So four big matches in the Premiership, all with a lot to play for. Big incentives all round. It should be a fantastic afternoon of top-flight football. And the kickoffs are coming next. The winning team, all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The games are underway and we might just have one of the earliest goals of the season already. Let's find out who for. Goal flashes with AspireGlasgow.com 
Some of the other games hadn't even kicked off yet, but St Johnson against Hearts had, and Ali Crawford has put the home side in front, sweeping home across from the right. And what a dream start that is, Mark Wilson. St Johnson won Hearts <laughs> nil inside the first minute. Well, that's remarkable. I'd like to see how that actually came about. It's that early into the game, but what a start for Callum Davidson. He certainly needs something to happen. I don't think many would have expected it to be against Hearts this afternoon, but I mean, can he wish for a, a better yes, start? Sir. Unless you're you, Daz, who's going to come in with the old no, no. good time to lose a goal. And yeah, well, if nonsense. you're ever going to lose a goal, lose it right before <laughs> the other games kick off. It's, it makes sense to me, but. You know, I was listening to Dave uh, talking about the pitch. I think that'll be a big factor today. I think with St Johnston home advantage, I'm, I fancy St Johnston. I, think I know that's very easy to <laughs> say. One you've gone too up. early there, right away. The usual, you've dived in. Do you uh, think so? Yeah, all day long. Well, so I've got uh, one here start, Alex. So yeah. I've got to stick to my guns. I think St Johnston will get the result today. There you go. Yeah, I fancy the Jambos. <laughs> Who do you fancy, Willow? Well, um, a draw. <laughs> Incredible start for St Johnson. Good save from Liam Kelly. Lewis Ferguson with a 25 yard free kick. Uh, well saved by the Motherwell keeper and skipper uh, for the day. So Aberdeen looking to try and start on the front foot. Of course, it was only seven days ago. Lewis Ferguson was arguing with his own fans going up the stairs. Um, and a very early booking as well in that game Kevin Van Veen he sure gets under <laughs> the skin of these Aberdeen players and Ross McCrory who dived in late on him and it's the first booking of the afternoon uh, for the Aberdeen man so lively old stuff I, I think it was always going to be that way Gordon I, I was before Jim Goodwin was even appointed I was looking forward to this game because Kevin Van Veen comments after the game last week were quite refreshing you don't usually hear you know, players coming out and being quite open about how they felt and that clash with Declan Gallagher. So it was interesting to see if both of them would be in the starting yeah. lineups, and they were. So it's going to be a feisty afternoon. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, as Gordon quite rightly says, it's a good save from the goalkeeper, uh, Kelly from Ferguson. But you just wonder what reaction the players yeah. will give Jim Goodwin. New manager, not had any time to work with him, probably done a, a just a team talk maybe at pre-match and then gave them a five minutes before they went out in the pitch it'll be interesting to see the reaction they get I think we're in for a good game at Park. I was really impressed with that free kick there by Lewis Ferguson you, you, he obviously never got the big move to the Premiership in the summer you know the, the money I was talking to a representative of Ferguson the last couple of days about the money that Aberdeen were offered it was incredible money he was mm -hmm. really disappointed as was a boy you can imagine to go to the English Premiership he could quite easily have the down tools 12 goals already Daz in 25 games He has really blossomed Into a real good footballer Yeah what else Was his dad Derek saying to it When you were talking to him? <laughs> Funny enough It wasn't Believe me Believe me It wasn't his, It wasn't Fergie uh, I, I know he was disappointed As well though In saying that You know because uh, You want your boy To play at the highest level Gordon and, uh, You know but you have to say He came up to Aberdeen After his apprenticeship At uh, Hamilton And he obviously Was it 250 grand It was an absolute steal and then you look at the performances, you can end it double figures year on year, which is very impressive. I'll tell you in secret, Gordon, the next time I see you. For what it's worth, I actually don't think it was Kevin Van Veen who was fouled by uh, Ross McCrory. We gave it the big build-up, but it was certainly McCrory, and uh, he's gone into the book. And now Aberdeen, another chance, Calvin Ramsey, uh, for talking about players who had a summer move knocked back. It was a back post header, and it's tipped over the bar by Liam Kelly. End-to-end -end stuff to start at Fir Park. I'll tell you what, before we get any further, because it is all happening, let's take a look at the first... Oh, we can't, we can't. We've got another goal first. Goal flashes. 
with AspireGlasgow.com. Wow, what an afternoon this is going to be, and it is an equaliser for Hearts. St Johnston <laughs> 1, Hearts 1, Nathaniel Atkinson with the quick fire equaliser. That is exactly the response that Robbie Nielsen would have been looking for. And if you're Callum Davidson, you're tearing your hair out, keep it tight for the next five minutes and all the rest of it. Uh, but already we are level right. Okay, this time, let's do it. First half teaser. The first half teaser. With the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. For the best football news and opinion online. This is a good one If I wasn't reading this out I would get this This is my era Since season 92-93 Seven Scotsmen Have scored a European Cup Or Champions League goal For a non-Scottish side Excluding qualifying rounds Can you name them? So Since season 92-93 Seven Scotsmen Have scored a European Cup Or Champions League goal For a non-Scottish side Excluding qualifying rounds Can you name them? Good question At Clyde SSB That's where you need to send your answers over So one tweet All the names on it Beat everyone else to it And that is how you win the first half teaser So at Clyde SSB Send it over And let us get a look at your knowledge Uh, We do have another goal by one of our friends of the show Stephen McGinn doesn't score many uh, But Kelly won Wraith Rovers nil Worth keeping an eye on the title race in the championship as well Because it's fantastic I think most neutrals clearly batting for our both but that's a big goal to get Kilmarnock up and running Alex yeah without doubt uh, you know Derek McInnes will be trying to kind of put pressure on our both at the top of that division Gordon they've spent fortunes have managed to retain most of their uh, squad from last year as well so Kyle Lafferty is going to be a big addition for them as well to get off to a, a flying start like that Gordon puts them in the driving seat today and they need to beat the teams round about them you know that yeah. that's the, the thing for Derek when he came in the big games he had to win and uh, that one today, yeah, it's a huge one and they're off to a good start. Yes, certainly are. By the way, you can stay in touch as well at Clyde SSB uh, if you've got anything to get off your chest. It's not only for the teaser, but you need to get your thinking caps on. That is a tricky question. So we do have two goals in Perth already. A lively start at Fir Park, but no goals yet. Jordan Jones has just hit the side netting for St Mirren at Livy. So it really has been a, a fast start this afternoon. Delighted to have the Premiership back. We enjoyed Europe during the week. We certainly enjoyed the Scottish Cup last weekend. But back to the old bread and butter this afternoon. And we're certainly moving towards the business end of the season. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. And big games tomorrow as well. We will take a look at them on the open line. So make sure at 5 o'clock you step up to the plate and pick up that phone. East Fife 1, Queen's Park 0. Callum Ferry putting into his own net after just six minutes. Uh, So that's... An ideal start for East Fife, Queen's Park, things not quite going to plan the way I'm sure they imagined before this season kicked off. So we'll keep you up to speed on all the goals down the divisions and of course in our featured matches as well. But it has been a lively start at Fir Park, hasn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. It's end-to-end stuff. You know, both goalkeepers have been called into action. Uh, it's interesting because at the start of the show, I says that for me this would be a game of the day, so... Just need to get a few more goals, albeit it's only seven minutes. Another thing as well, uh, Alec, I was speaking to the chief exec, Motherwell, on Thursday, and he was a bit doubtful. Is that, is that when you were in at the stadium again? Eh? You're no, looking yeah. for a job in there? No, yeah? no, no. I know Alan he's, very well. He's in there. Oh, yeah, I'm a big Motherwell fan. Um, and Sounds like a stalker. And uh, Yeah, I'm part of that as well. And, um, <laughs> You're always there every week, uninvited. Right, can let me finish here for a minute? <laughs> and and he was, he was concerned about the pitch, and that was on Thursday. The weather wasn't great yesterday, and I'm looking at the pitchers coming in for the far part 
for the amount of rain it's fell, the pitch is looking really, really good, and it's been good football so far. The yeah, job, absolutely. sorry, got- Liam Donnelly going close. Liam Donnelly with that volley over. Sorry, just to keep you yeah. up to speed, volley over the bar. Just quickly though, so you were there for a twenty-first birthday party last night. Yeah. Why were you there on Thursday? I can't. Why were you there I, I, on I Thursday? Can't, I, I can't let that secret out of the, the bag, Gordon. That's got to be kept between me and Big Alan Al. Burrows. Yeah. <laughs> I promised him right, I wouldn't okay. tell anyone, but he's he's doing well, and uh, I wish them all the best for today's game. But I love the club; I, I really do. It's in my heart. Gordon, I was actually just going to comment on the pitch over recent years. The job that the guys actually done on that pitch is nothing short of miraculous. It used to be terrible. It was, it was one yeah. of the worst in the division. Yeah, if the groundsman's dog went on it and done the toilet, it was off the following day. Uh, but it was a fantastic uh, <laughs> pitch now. <laughs> That's a good that picture for the that, listeners. That wasn't one of your best lines, I must admit. Oh, uh, I really don't think so. Uh, do you know what I was thinking? This time last week, we were already uh, a goal up for Aberdeen thanks to that Christian Ramirez goal early on. Uh, did you see? Did you see his tweet during the mm, week? Yes. Yep. Christian Ramirez. So he's, he's tweeted saying, you know, he's enjoying the Rangers game or what a result or something, a little Scotland flag. And the Aberdeen fans have absolutely battered him straight away. Welcome to Scottish football, Joe mm. uh, Christian. We're far too petty for that sort of stuff. And he just tweeted straight away, deleted. Jeez, didn't know I wasn't allowed to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to watch, maybe. You're not allowed to tweet. Yeah, it's a harsh school here. It's, ridic- <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, I, I, I really do. I, I saw some of the the, the sort of uh, responses that he, he got. He's still on Twitter. No, somebody showed me, and uh, I thought it was petty. The lad was supporting Scottish football. He's from America. There was nothing uh, up with it. Charlie, uh, there's, Jordan, some, Jordan there's something that likes a bit of that, though. I, I like a little <laughs> bit of that at some points. You've got to thrive on the pettiness, Gordon. It's one thing watching it, but. Aberdeen don't like Rangers don't tweet it don't celebrate it don't say it's a good thing everybody knows it is just keep it to yourself yeah but it wasn't like you know it was a tweet of come on Rangers he's got a fellow American in the Rangers squad Sands you know he's supporting Scottish football uh, it was a bit look some people just I'll never catch on Dazzler a bit petty mate for me it did, it did get me thinking though, right? And that, you're right, it's, it's, not, it's not the biggest crime in the world, but just that since the Aberdeen fans were so rattled by it, it got me thinking, and I'll throw this out to fans there of all clubs, what's the most annoyed you've ever been by a tweet that your player or your club sent out? There must be some great examples of that. We can do better than Christian Ramirez. Like that was a that was a four out of ten. He was celebrating Rangers doing well. Aberdeen fans battered him for it. He quickly went off with his tail between his legs and deleted the tweet. So I think we can do better than that. What are the best examples in the history of Twitter of a tone deaf tweet from a player? Or a club. There must be some good examples. It doesn't even have to be your team. Maybe you're just a, a neutral observer. But even better if it is your team. Tell me about a time that your club's official account or one of your players has really annoyed you by something that they've tweeted. Send them in to me at Clyde SSB. We must be able to do better than Christian Ramirez, surely. Oh, well, that's, that's a difficult one. I can only imagine Breaking City fans being outraged at when they put on I was sacked. His manager, no, no, yeah. Okay. Listen, yeah. this one. I was sat with three undercover coppers who were over in, <laughs> and over in uh, Dortmund. How did you know they were? Please, I get chatting to them, and I actually recognised them for the game a couple of weeks ago. And I says, "You look familiar." And he says, "Yes, I was. Uh, I'm off. I'm, I'm undercover over <laughs> in Germany." Can I get undercover? You no, recognise them? Yeah. Well, listen. Good conversation. <laughs> and then he went, "You'll not believe this. One of the staff who was on your backroom team 
at Breakin donated their breaking gear to charity as well and the biggin has been spotted running about this big copper has been spotted running about <laughs> Bishop Briggs <laughs> with one of the training no. tops on I swear to God he says I've got the top as if it really? was as if it was his claim to fame oh, see, it's quite no, it, wasn't, stuff, it, was one, it was one of your backroom team I think it may have an IT well, guy well, or something well it couldn't have been Sid does that ring a bell yeah 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 I'll get on him well at least people are getting the use out there the breaking gear did Sid anyway. get a traction yes didn't Anyway, enough about that. I want you to send me your tweets over of the tone-deaf tweets that have been sent by your players or your club, the times that your own player, your own club, have really annoyed you by something that they've tweeted. And quickly on the teaser, since we're on the subject of Twitter, as usual, Stewards Inquiry, one more on that teaser. How many answers were there, Mark, to begin with? Add one on. Reread the question for me and add one on. Okay, so since season 92-93, seven... But it's eight now Eight Scotsmen Have scored a European Cup Or Champions League goal For a non-Scottish side Excluding qualifying rounds Eight players I, I would say that It's clearly all Falling apart Because I'm not in the studio To make sure these things Go to plan But even when I'm in the studio We get the teaser wrong anyway So uh, Yes Eight instead of seven Tweet your answers At Clyde SSB Kevin Van Veen is now down uh, Injured After a Collision with Joel Lewis um, Lewis sort of slid in Gathered the ball At the feet of Van Veen Who has stayed down And he does look To be in a good bit of mm. pain Which will be a huge concern eh, Under any circumstances But particularly post Tony Watt He is certainly the main Attacking threat for Motherwell Yeah that would be disappointing For Graham Alexander We concerned sat in that stand uh, Just as we see here Gordon Command looks Going into a 2-0 lead Over Wraith Rovers So But as we see it here Very good goalkeeping Comes in, clatters yeah, Van Veen yes. in trouble Shoulder Shoulder, shoulder. Yeah. 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 yeah He's in agony He's in pain um, he'll Did be you play lucky. on with that, Daz? He'll be lucky to carry on with that um, Alex, I've got to say That looks a sore one You have to say It was terrific goalkeeping by Joe Lewis He recognised the danger The ball coming in Bearing into the box Makes himself big and do you just take your chances when you're Kevin Van Veen when you've got a lot to say for yourself the previous week and then you might be forced off after 14 minutes with a shoulder injury? Is that Does that come back to haunt you or is that just part of it? It's just part of it. I mean, the one thing you say, shoulder injuries are supposed to be, I know a few players to get them, supposed to be you know unimaginable pain when you dislocate that. And his hand's right to his shoulder right away. Oh, no, I don't in, like the stretch. Yeah, clearly visible. So that's a big bow for Motherwell. You ever had one ago. of them, Mark? A shoulder injury? No, it's the one part of my body that's actually Held escaped up. injury. <laughs> Strong shoulders on me. I, th- I think he that's plays on the here. Number of he used to take. <laughs> Mark Wilson, isn't it? It's my specialty. <laughs> 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 Fraser Wishers had some many operations on his, as you know. The amount of throw-ins. <laughs> it's a specialist, was it? Oh, unbelievable. I don't know where you got a game at Motherwell. He could throw the ball long. <laughs> Well I'll tell you what He's not He's not having a good afternoon There are no chances yet At his game <laughs> Hibs against Ross County Graham Alexander is in the stands At Fir Park I think he's just next to Your season ticket seat Gordon He's looking concerned That Kevin Van Veen Might not mm. be able to continue Yeah and he's just Relaying down to the dugout To see what the situation is No I think he'll be alright well, He's going back on yeah. He's going to try He's certainly going to try And go back on um, But sometimes These things don't last very long Remember Greg Taylor It was that earlier this season He tried oh, two or yeah. three times Didn't he To yes. come back on for Celtic And ended up going off And was out for Out for a spell Yeah Yeah that was a disaster You know Remember yeah, yeah. we were watching That game at the time And thinking he's clearly done But he kept going back on Back off And 
Yeah, it takes a bit of time to recover, but that'll be a big bo- loss for Motherwell. He's such a focal point for them at this time, and obviously a goal scorer as well. And I was want to see how that battle with Declan Gallagher mm-hmm. transpired throughout the day. Shame. I wonder if Motherwell were starting to edge it slightly in chances. You know, with the Mark O'Hara one, Liam Donnelly. Would that be fair? Or Aberdeen have had some some decent openings themselves. Yeah, a little bit like uh, the the cup tie, Gordon. Aberdeen got off to a good start with the goal, and then Motherwell just grew into the game. Uh, I think uh, Graham Alexander so far will be pleased with the performance. It's going to be one of these tight games this afternoon, I think. You mentioned Jim Goodwin earlier. He tends to get a draw at Fir Park. He's very good at going and setting his teams up. So it's going to be a difficult afternoon, but I'm sure Graham Alexander sitting in that stand will be pleased with the, the opening uh, minutes. Uh, OK, so as it stands, the only goals are... In Perth, and we've had a couple there. It's St Johnson who took the lead early on, Ali Crawford inside the first minute, but Nathaniel Atkinson uh, equalised for Hearts, so it's one all in that one. Goalless everywhere else. We've got a full time teaser for you as well. And since we're talking about Aberdeen and Christian Ramirez, you may remember he got battered off his own fans for tweeting about the Rangers game during the week, and it got me thinking surely we can do better. What are the best examples? of a player annoying their fan base, or a club even annoying the fan base, by tweeting something daft. That's what I want to know. So see if you can send me any good examples of that over at Clyde SSB. Surely, surely we can come up with something on there. We must be able to. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I think there'll be plenty out there, Gordon. I'm not sure you're going to get too many out of this studio, mind you, but um, the old Twitter never disappoints, Gordon. I'm sure there'll be a few over the course of the afternoon. Uh, well, there's one. Uh, Orangi is on, saying that Diallo tweeting his highlight compilation after drawing against Ross County, uh, albeit um, it was his PR team, no doubt. That is true. Did you see that a couple of weeks ago? No, I didn't see that. I missed of, that one. Yeah, there was a lot of rage, obviously, amongst the Rangers fans because they chucked it away that day and then Celtic you know, won later that, the afternoon. And to be fair, I mean, Diallo did have a, a decent debut, but someone on his PR team had produced a lovely uh, little video. It had all sort of music and special effects, and it was him doing flicks <laughs> and tricks and scoring. And he tweeted it, uh, and a lot of people were quick to point out that actually um, you just dropped points in Dingwall and fallen behind in the title race. So, yeah, that, that's not a bad example. That's Gordon, not bad. did uh, Morelos not do similar? Was that last season or the start of the season? Just because he scored or He something. scored a goal, but Rangers got put out the day. Yeah. Was that the, the Champions League well, qualifiers? I, I don't mind that it's all about the strikers it's all been selfish that's why I don't do yeah, I Twitter I would I would really have a bad time at the weekends I think a wee refreshment inside you yeah no 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 I just tend to uh, you wouldn't need it no. he, he would just he get no. into trouble I by himself correct, correct. he I'm would be contacting <laughs> his one follower that he's got or the Katie one he Price. follows yeah do you know what I like about this right we're getting some good examples in, and some of them they're not even really valid as such but it shows you the level of, of pettiness that fans will go to so I like that there were a few different levels here Brad says uh, it wasn't a tweet but James Tavernier streaming Warzone in the middle of Gerard Tavilla's saga was infuriating do you remember let's see you lot are too old for this you even know what that means that stuff no mm. I have no sounds, idea sounds I've not been invited round so, to James yet so, so, so right in the heat of it you know the speculation's up in the air about Stephen Gerrard leaving will he won't he yeah the Rangers captain, James Tavernier, was on. He's playing his PlayStation. He's streaming it so mm-hmm. everyone can watch him. And people are, are sort of 
because fans are irrational, so fans were bombarding him with messages saying, can't believe you're playing your PlayStation when all this is going on at the club. <laughs> hold hold <laughs> on, the fans, the fans are, must be playing the PlayStation to see him as well. Is that right? So yeah, but he's, the, he's, he's, yeah, but he's the club captain. He should be sitting in a darkened room worrying <laughs> about where Stephen Gerrard is going. That's the point. Uh, yeah, the, it's different standards. The opinion, yeah, that the, the supporters have about players and staff, what they should do when they're not on the pitch is slightly different to Reality. what goes on in real life. So anyway, keep them coming in. I'm sure we can do better. What's the most tone-deaf thing that your club or players have ever tweeted? There's got to be... Uh, some good ones on there there's going to be loads I can't read out probably as well um, some people not really grasping the, the question and just sending me back stuff that's not really related in an <laughs> attempt to be funny but that's alright uh, we'll let them away with that East Fife 1 Queen's Park 1 Liam Brown with the goal there on 20 minutes at, so at Queen's Park taking place there at Queen's Park ever a point uh, a new manager I don't think so no so s- who's no, now that's no. that's that's a strange one you know a club with, with ambitions like them now I know the season is probably gone for them in terms of winning that league of course but I thought when they they removed the previous manager they would have had somebody lined up to come in and, and take no, I mean, John Potter has gone in there hasn't he um, the former Hibs yeah Assistant, he he's gone in there at the moment, so that yeah, that would be he's the man in charge essentially. Yeah, but uh, long term, is he has he been given the the role? It's it's a strange one. I thought it may have been a big appointment, and John Potter might do fine. He he, he might do well, but I just thought with tho- their ambitions, I might might have been a big. It'd be interesting when uh, if Jack Ross gets back into the game uh, with John Potter. Obviously, he's number two. Uh, would he leave? The role of being head coach at Queen's Park to go with oh, Jack at Of course he would. You think so? Of course he would. Sometimes you need to be your own man, Mark, and you may enjoy the fact Depends that. Depends how ambitious he is. Well, uh, uh, Queen's Park are very ambitious. They're throwing money at it, that's yeah, for sure. They're still in the, the, an opportunity to be in the playoffs, so they'll still get a chance to get promoted. They're throwing money at it, as you say. There. Sorry, let me just interrupt. Joe Lewis, I don't know if this is deliberate, such as the, the rivalry, but he's just hit a goal kick straight at Kevin Van Veen. It bounces off the Motherwell striker and goes just wide. So a bit of a a bit of a let off. Not a goal kick as such. Van Veen. <sighs> Closing down the goalkeeper Yeah very close indeed He yeah, seems Kevin, to have run off there. that injury he, he looks okay Van Veen That's good news for Motherwell With Joe Lewis taking a chance there uh, That's that's very good for a striker Going close up saying that He's still uh, holding his, his arm down straight But Joe Lewis gets away with one there We've seen the ones getting in the back His first it. touch I think he, his first touch is poor It's almost behind him And he's having to make up for it Van Veen does the right thing Closing him down that's a chance He's so unlucky You know Because see Nine times out of ten The keeper just shells that pass You know And you're closing him down So he doesn't get the break Of the ball there Van Veen And he likes scoring Against Aberdeen Yeah Van absolutely What's, what's he got now Three or four does um, Gordon will be able to tell three. us He's got the stats Four Four, four. Yeah there I thought go. it was four I didn't want to commit to three there um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was I knew it was four I didn't want to commit to three <laughs> Yeah, four and three meetings so far. Uh, it's been a busy old week for managerial sackings. Obviously, the, the headlines going to Aberdeen and Dundee. We had Queen of the South almost at the same time as, as Stephen Glass. Barry Ferguson left yes. Alloa, and they are one up on Dumbarton. Kevin Colley midway through the first half, uh, scoring there for the Wasps. How, so, how often does that happen, Gordon? You know, a manager leaves and then uh, they, they go and get a result. Yeah, have you... Believed in newspapers, Brian Rice supposedly yeah. Yeah, got into that job on Monday. But what job? Alloa. Alloa. I thought he was tip for a uh, Queen of South job, Brian Rice. You need to keep. Come on, Daz. I, I, I thought he was tip for it, honestly. 
to visit parties yeah, to do your 20, research. 21st parties. Cove oh. Rangers 1, Falkirk 0. Mitch Meganson with the goal. Our old pal Kenny Miller won't be happy with that, but Cove are the, the leaders in that division and they've had a very good season and they're showing exactly why they're the team to beat their Cove 1, Falkirk 0. A lovely free kick by Ferguson. He actually finds a gap in the wall, Gordon, for about 25 yards. It's right down the throat of the Murrow goalkeeper. Comfortable save in the end. Here's a great tweet. I did say that, as always, you get bonus points for Scottish football, for your team. But one of the best examples, Callum's just sent this one. Uh, do you remember Victor Anichibi? Remember him? English yeah, Premier yeah. League striker. Yep. And he tweeted, now this, this, is, this is exactly what the tweet said. Can you tweet something like, unbelievable support yesterday and great effort by the lads. Hard result to take, but we go again. So the line, can you tweet something like, is in there. So he's obviously sent it to his, his management who've copied and pasted it. <laughs> and put, oh my God. And, put it into the, and actually put it into the tweet. Oh, he shouldn't give the fee for that, whatever he's paying them. I, I, I mean, that, that whole thing as well about managing social media accounts. Surely that takes away the, the connection between yeah. the actual person and... The fans, you know, the whole thing of people fall and like things and because it's a personal, it's the one time they get in touch with them. Do you know the problem you have as well? They have hundreds of thousands of uh, kind of people following them. How many of you got, Alex? All of the 71,000. 71? Many of you uh, have that in the studio? But there's one for you where you talk about, I, I remember an article that was doing the rounds when Jermaine Defoe was actually at Sunderland. And he was offering 60 grand for somebody to come and manage his account. Oh. 60 large. Daz, you could have got that gig there. You happy with that, Daz? I'm, 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 I'm surprised with the 71,000. I thought you'd have more than that, Alec. Yeah, but I didn't come on until the last couple of years. Is that right? When have you got, Willa? Um, <laughs> don't really go on. <laughs> you you, just, nah, you take the one. to the Twitter game. Now, that's different though. Mark's quite new to the Twitter game, yeah. so that's... Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah, have Alex a few, Gordon. Oh, Shog's got a, a few, by the way. Oh, Shinsuke. Has he? I think I think Shog's around about the 60,000. Yeah, but the the one thing I'll, yeah. I'll give this credit is Gordon. He he interacts with everybody. I'm not that guy. Yeah, so, I know he does. I know he does. Surely Shug's got a tweet in there somewhere that we can bring out to say oh, <laughs> that that Rayo does. A <laughs> better Saturday Alex, night one. Yes, Alex. I've just had a message in from George Bowie saying that he's got 178,000. So stay in your oh, lane if you don't mind. Oh, lovely. Oh, See, that's the thing is he's got. Ah. But the thing is, Gordon, he's got all the kids. You know, because he's doing there every Saturday. He's banning away with a boom boomer. Bowser's <laughs> just blowing you right out. Oh, the by the way, there's Morton just going one down. How <laughs> would you like the apples? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they haven't actually no, by the way. Um, But I like this So we're getting some good ones Liam has reminded me of last season He says Celtic when they were constantly posting birthdays Every time everyone was waiting for Lennon to get sacked Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know what When you, you read some of the things that Celtic still put out Their fans still jump on Like why are you doing that Please announce like the sign in a Jota Or something But when it was the Lennon stuff It was particularly funny yeah, that's right. Stu Baca said, I didn't know this, says, Wes Fotheringham put a picture on his Instagram from Celtic beating us 5 1 at Ibrox. He got slaughtered and deleted <laughs> it fairly quickly, says Stu Baca. There we go, I didn't remember that, but. You know, you uh, know, there's so many popular people who listen to the show, Gordon. I get an anonymous text there from someone saying that Owen Coyle could be a potential Queen's Park uh, manager very soon. Okay, I like that. What? That's an interesting oh, that's a listen, listen, I'm just telling you, I've got contacts. You've not got contacts, that's nonsense. <laughs> 
Was it Owen himself trying <laughs> to <laughs> get? Funny enough, I've not got Conley's number in it. It could quite easily be. Uh, what else have we got here on? T- uh, we're talking about not only players. Remember anything that your club has ever tweeted that annoyed you or you thought was a bit tone deaf? Uh, it's just really for a bit of fun. Obviously, there'll be yeah. some serious stuff in there as well. Um, loads of people. Neil Hood again. Celtic constantly wishing people happy birthday last year during our worst season. People will be calling them. Uh, people were calling them Moonpig FC. At one point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? It's just sprung to mind. So this is. Similar but slightly different. Was it? Was it Inverness? Who was the 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 club that accidentally uh, liked uh, an adult website Twitter account? <laughs> and obviously, it shows you like it shows you like your likes, and you can see what each account has been liking. Was it Inverness? My apologies to the good people of Inverness if it wasn't, but I, I think it might have been. Um, what did I? I'm sure it was. Mm. But a, a, a video or some <laughs> images or I, I don't know I just heard from someone I didn't go and check it out honestly I didn't mm. I didn't look at it yeah. not, not even do your research Gordon yeah, yeah. Um, Inverness people are it, sitting I, up there worrying I think it was Inverness but someone can correct me if I'm wrong uh, Montrose nil Clyde won Nicholas McAllister with the goal for the Bully Wheat that'd be a surprise that one Montrose for seasons yeah, going fine, along yeah. nicely but yeah, that would be a, a surprise if that had to be a full time result. They've so, done very well. I told you, I told you that the, was that Montrose signed Gardine. Yeah, you know he's obviously left Inverness to go there, paid him decent money. I'm led to believe for that level, and you'd be surprised at the money they're throwing about. You know, clubs are doing. Clubs run well. Yeah. I think that those clubs at that yeah. level depend a lot on their hospitality. Aberdeen have the ball in the net but the flag is up for offside is it as bad a decision that ruled out Motherwell's goal for offside last week Uh, we will have to wait and see it was Ramirez who had the ball in the net but the flag uh, goes up Um, Mark Wilson remind us of the teaser please if you can Okay, yeah since season 92-93 eight Scotsmen have scored a European Cup or Champions League goal for a non-Scottish side excluding qualifying rounds can you name them? Okay, Mikko's got a good few, but he's also thrown in Don Hutchison. No. Which is wrong. No. Uh, the thing to often bear in mind for our teasers, it's football nationality. Okay, that's what you've got to remember, football nationality. Uh, sometimes that's important to bear in mind. Uh, Darren has thrown in McInnes. No. Derek McInnes? He's thrown, no. in, he's thrown in Gary O'Connor. No. Big guys, no. Okay, lots of people. Jay's another one saying Don Hutchison, um, but you're all mm. telling me that that's not correct. FM Dafty says Scott McTominay. No. no. Yeah, Michael Smith saying McTominay as well. Um, what else we got? Some good efforts coming in here. Loads of people saying Don Hutchison uh, and Scott McTominay. <laughs> uh, KP Jer says Billy Gilmore. No, not Billy. Okay, uh, GM says Ollie Burke. No, I can see the thinking there. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll leave it out there for you at Clyde SSB. Get your guesses in, please. You've got about ten minutes or so, and then we will round off that question. Fraser Wishart still got absolutely nothing to tell us about from Easter Road, Hibs, and Ross County. Still goalless, Motherwell, Aberdeen. That's been a decent enough game, though. Levy St Mirren also goalless. And St Johnston won Hearts won. Yeah, the game we're watching yeah. just now, Motherwell Aberdeen, good. have been a good game. We just saw that goal from Ramirez. 
Look, it's hard to tell. Because What's your instinct? Um, oh, he's offside. You think he's he's, he's just? Don't, I don't, don't think. I've watched it. He's offside. You, you, you're saying that there's a case I for think a goal. That's close. I, I think it's close as well. No chance. But we couldn't see a long line. But listen, it's nowhere near what we saw last week when we all stood in the studio and said about the Motherwell goal. How can that be offside? And when I watched that night, oh, incredible decision from the linesman to chop that one off. But I think Ramirez one is closer. I feel like a, a little bit of a hypocrite or I'm going to have to clear it up because I have been saying in the last few weeks I think the obsession with marginal offside calls is, is, is getting too much. I mean, in fact, it's a really good example the other night. Everyone wants to moan about Scottish officials and how they're terrible and how they're part-time. Rangers go to a very high level of European competition with elite officials and the decision to rule out Alfredo Morelos's goal is absolutely terrible and VAR has to come and bail him out. Worth bearing in mind, he doesn't even need to put his flag up because you've got VAR to fall back on anyway. So, it just shows you that it can happen. It's very easy to happen and we are far too harsh on our officials when it comes to moaning about marginal offsides. However, the one at first part last week, Mark, <laughs> the, 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 the difference... The, the, well, no, but in all seriousness, the difference is, firstly, it actually wasn't marginal and secondly... The official was right next to uh, Joe Effort yeah. as he was running down the line. So there was no one in between. Anyway, enough of that because we do have a goal at Fir Park. Goal flashes <laughs> with AspireGlasgow.com. And it's a goal for Aberdeen. Montgomery squares it to Bezun. He taps in, and Aberdeen <coughs> fans are delighted with that. It's been end to end stuff. A good start for life under Jim Goodwin. Motherwell nil, Aberdeen won. Yeah, well, I thought Motherwell were actually edging this game, but a great start for Jim Goodwin and Bezu, who scores the goal. Terrific. Was he left out midweek? Mm. He played He played last week in this fixture. Didn't really have his best game. Comes up trumps in a good time to score. Is it the new uh, manager bounce, Mark? Um, you know, Aberdeen took the lead last week against Motherwell for Park, and Motherwell played very well. Um, I think Graham Alexander will be disappointed, but Jim Goodwin will be over the moon. It's poor defending, but you've got to say it's a great ball squared and it's an easy finish. It's actually a very good goal. The, yeah. the ball down the channel, you have to say that Motherwell at sixes and sevens uh, at the, the back, back yeah. you know, defensively, yeah, the line's really poor. Square ball into the middle, no, no, get an easier opportunity, Mark, than to tap that into the net. Yeah, I don't know what McGabby's doing there. He gets himself in all He's sorts of trouble. Positions wrong, yeah. Mark, uh, you knowing that as being a right back, you'll know plenty about your body position being the wrong place. He gets caught, <laughs> the ball inside him, and it's a, it's a great ball across. It's a striker's dream, it's an easy, easy finish. Um, but I think Graham Alexander will be highly disappointed with the defending. They're just so big. So the gap. Sorry, but Gordon, the got the gaps between the centre halves are so far apart that you know there's no they can't recover quick enough. It's they must be anticipating that ball getting clipped down the line. I don't know if we, we got a good view from behind it there, and I'm not sure if I'm trying too hard to cut Bevis McGabby some slack. It, is it, is it, it? Does the wind catch it? He just seems to completely misjudge. The, the way the ball then comes inside him. Did you see that view from yeah. from behind sort of thing? Uh, whatever happened, he misjudges it anyway. Yeah, uh, I think the wind does play a part in it, but however, he should, still, he should still be able to shift his feet, move his body enough to actually intercept the pass through. I, I'm not even too sure he knows Montgomery's yeah. where he is and, and, and that sort of dangerous position. Got to say, Montgomery though, great awareness, gets the head up, doesn't thrash it across the goal, picks his pass. It's a good goal from an Aberdeen point of view. Yes, so we have a goal at Fir Park. It's been a good game, end-to-end. Both teams really 
could be in front, but it's Motherwell nil, Aberdeen one, Bizawin with the goal for the Dons. Still goalless then, Hibs, Ross County. Still goalless, Livy, St Mirren. Uh, St Johnston one, Hearts one is the score as we tick towards the end of the first half. We're asking you for your answers on that first half teaser. And we're also having a bit of fun and asking for the times when your club or your players have annoyed you on Twitter. This is after Christian Ramirez uh, tweeting his positive thoughts about the Rangers' result the other night. The Aberdeen fans, sure, put him in his place. And uh, we want to get your memories of that Inverness nil Air 1. Uh, I've got some good ones coming in, actually. Uh, or, or ones that I didn't know about. Ben Simpson, apparently, I didn't know this is true. It may well be. Uh, Ben's a Rangers fan, and he said that last season, Rangers tweeted saying, Inside 55, out tonight, which must be like a, a feature, a video or something. And still to this day, it's not been uploaded. <laughs> I've just got visions of Ben, like, 10 months later, just sitting, refreshing his computer screen, uh, just seeing if it finally appears. I'm not sure if... Uh, I'll take Ben's word for it. Wasn't one I was aware of. Inver- did I tell you about that Inverness yeah. goal? Uh, the air goal, sorry, Inverness nil. Uh, air one. Um, okay, no others at the moment. Uh, still doing watch- okay in there, you three, by the way. Yeah, still I'm just coping wa- okay without I'm me. Just watching the pictures coming in for Fur Park. Van Veen oh. looks a bit uncomfortable with that shoulder, Mark. We just had a look at each other there when he, you mm. know, you could see him in a bit of pain. It'll be interesting to see if he comes out for the, the second 45. But Motherwell putting a little bit of pressure on trying to get back into this game. It was a good chance here for Motherwell. Great defending from young Ramsey at the back post when he, under pressure from Shields coming in and he, he just flicks it behind for a corner. So Motherwell, you know, wanting to get themselves back into the game before half time. But the camera cut away there just after Aberdeen scored and that shows you Jim Goodwin and shouting instructions to his team. And that's the benefit of having a manager right away on the touchline. Now Dundee, we were chatting about Dundee on Thursday, Mark McGee, six game ban. I just think it's it's a whole different ball game when you've got the man in charge on the touchline telling you instructions. Even if he's only in for one day, even if he's only been in for one week, if you sack a previous manager and you employ somebody else, I think they've got to take the reins right away. I thought that was the strangest uh, appointment um, this season. I know a lot of managers have changed clubs and left clubs and new managers come in and went down a different route. You look at McPeak, he must have been thinking, have we turned the corner here? We're a bit of confidence. They go to Tynecastle. That's a fantastic result. They go to Peterhead on the Monday night. I watched the game. As much as Peterhead were excellent, I've got to say, and you're talking about uh, referees' decisions, the penalty kick that wasn't given for Peterhead was incredible. But they got through. They're in the quarterfinal. And you wake up on the Tuesday and you've not got a job. And it's Gordon Strachan's best pal, probably, Matt McGee. And Matt McGee's honest enough to say, look, probably Gordon spoke very highly of me to get me in the door. Six-game ban. I found that really, really amazing. Yeah, it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be in the stands, of course, uh, serving part one of a a six-game touchline ban. So we'll see what happens on the field. I'll tell you what, you lot are delivering on these tweets that have annoyed you or certainly annoyed some people they're not always your own team they could just be great examples do you ever remember this Ethan has reminded me when Julian Lescott tweeted a picture of his supercar after Aston Villa lost and then tried to justify it by saying that the tweet actually happened in his pocket (laughs) 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 do you remember that that no I can't remember I can't recall that but it's quite funny yeah they're on a bad run or something (laughs) <laughs> the, um, that's enough that's enough about that okay um, yeah it's, God, God, a bad you're not here to put his mic down and, yeah 
and he's uh, yeah he's tweeted a picture of his whatever it was Lamborghini, McLaren, <laughs> Ferrari, or something like that. And then rather than just holding his hands up, he said that the tweet somehow uh, took place in his pocket. There we go. <laughs> you, you've got to be a certain type of person to put a tweet of that anyway. What, you know, your car? I, but oh. you do it with the cash guy. Oh, I would do it with a Passat. I'll tell you, I've, I've, <laughs> the worst car of all let, time. Let me tell you, it's now, disgusting. I don't care what anybody says. If I had one of the big cars at 150 grand, whatever it may be, a flash car, I'd have it in every photo. Hundred, oh, I'd be shown off. I'd be standing outside me. saying, "Have a look at my car." No doubt. It wasn't. Uh, in fact, Gordon Diella, I need to thank you for something, and yes. I don't say this lightly. Pleasure. I don't. I. I, I can't recall. You impacting my life in a positive way yeah. ever yeah. until until this week when obviously I'm in the house I've been stuck in the house for a good few days and I have absolutely ripped my way through the Formula One series on oh, Netflix that you were so complimentary oh, about. Oh, hold oh. on a minute, I told you to watch no, you it. Did not. No, I, I, I told Daz to watch it, and now he's going about uh, telling people you, like he you, made you, the program. You, you take all I the glory. First. I did. I, I thought. I thought Dale was first. Definitely not. I told him watch this program, and he came in in his usual Dale fashion. He watches three series in one night. I can't keep up with that. I'm too busy. But oh. he's obviously some sort of freak that he, he watches all these box sets. Uh, Gordon, don't listen. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We've got we've got a third party. Andrew McLean is now very happy, uh, unhappy. He says that he told us all to watch it when he hosted the show months ago, and you all laughed at him on air. McLean. Oh, actually, hang no. fire! I, I will give Andrew credit. Andrew told me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So he did. Sorry, Andrew. Well, listen. If he was hosting the show, I assume I was elsewhere, so I can't have laughed at him. I didn't. I was not aware. But whoever it was. It has kept me sane in the last few days. I have absolutely destroyed three seasons of it already, wow. and it is spectacular. You've got to admit, Gordon, admit. you become a fan, don't you? I, I, oh, I, I hate I, listen, more than a fan. A I, I know, oh. no, Alex, I, I, I don't say this lightly, but he's right. I was fairly indifferent, and I know. Well, I'm actually more than a fan. I'm an expert now. I think yeah. you'll find I am. I, I've, I'm, I've actually got a Ferrari cap on right here, ready for the new season to start. <laughs> ready to fire up the car. I, uh, the guys are right, Alex. I, I knew nothing about Formula One. Critical. I was thinking, how hard can it be? You drive around the track and you've got a fast car. Amazing. It gets you in there. I'm, I'm going to Silverstone. Well, I used to live at Brands Hatch in Kent. And it was every Sunday morning. No wonder you're not. And my fun. head was well, absolutely well. bumping for the night before. I was like, "That racing's a load of old tosh." Oh, it's fantastic! I've got to say, I've, I don't. I'll, I don't even know. If, I don't even know if I like the sport. I just like the Netflix documentary. That, that, that's all I'm ready to admit so far. But we'll see. Anyway, enough about that. We know little enough about football as it is without getting distracted onto other sports that we're about to embarrass ourselves on. So, uh, two minutes added. Add McDermott Parks in Johnson one Hearts one. Motherwell still trailing at home to Aberdeen, closing the, the final stages there. Let's finish off the first half teaser. The first half teaser. With the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. For the best football news and opinion online. Since 92-93, eight Scotsmen have scored a European Cup or Champions League goal for a non-Scottish side, excluding qualifying rounds. Could you name them? They were my boss, Andy Robertson, Darren Fletcher, Dominic Matteo, Scott Booth, Paul Lambert, John Collins, Gary McAllister and Gordon Strachan. Good question. Very good. 
Uh, very good indeed. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Really good, good response as well on Twitter. The third place, Jay McCormick. Well done to you, Jay. Second was Mikko. And the winner was Dylan Patton. Well done to you, Dylan. You are the winner of the first half teaser. And we will have a Who Am I a bit later on as well. So stay tuned for that one. Are we getting any late drama for part, do we think? No, yeah. I think uh, I think Jim Goodwin will be delighted with his first 45 minutes as the Aberdeen manager getting in at 1-0. Uh, Not a get... lot of it does, eh? No, no, I think Motherwell played uh, their part. I think they've done all right. Um, Alex, just that goal, it makes a difference. Um, I'll be interested to see if uh, Van Veen comes out in the second half. I still think he's struggling a little bit with the shoulder. I think the big yeah, key, sorry, like the key, the key talking point for me in that, second, uh, that first half would most certainly be Ramirez. That, but, you know, for me, it looks very close. The offside, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, you've just admitted it was offside. The offside decision, Uh No half-time whistles yet. Uh, I don't think we must be getting there. We're going down the divisions. Cowdenbeath, Elgin, this half-time. It's 1-0 uh, to the Blue Brazil in that one. But we're still waiting. I actually think that kicked off a bit early because that goal uh, for Cowdenbeath went in even before Ali Crawford somehow. Uh, half-time at Kilmarnock as well. Uh, beating Wraith Rovers 2-0 at the break. Yeah, we're starting to get the half-time whistles now, so we'll hang fire. Let's go to Dave Galloway. It's half-time in Perth. Half-time, yeah. It's 1-1 uh, St. Johnson, 1 Hearts. won a great start to this one. St. Johnson scored inside the first minute. Halberg's cross from the right swept home emphatically by Crawford. Hearts roared straight back, though, and they were level after seven minutes. Mackay crashed one off the post with a curler from outside the box. Atkinson was first to the rebound to score his first goal for the side with a shot from a tight angle. Sims almost put the visitors ahead. His effort from a few yards out hit the post. Then at the other end Davidson let fly from the edge of the D his low drive flashed just wide with Stewart rooted to his spot that's how it's been in a really entertaining first half with both teams having a right good go Crawford uh, with a curling shot from the edge of the box for Saints was deflected over as he went in search for his second goal some meaty tackles here and no ounce of effort spared and it would be surprising if there are no more goals scored here at McDermott Park but at the interval it's St Johnson 1 Hearts 1 It's also half time for David Friel between Livy and St Mirren David Half-time, Gordon Livingston nil, St Mirren nil. I did say before the game that they're normally tight between these two teams and that's been the case again. Let's just hope there's more spark in the second half as it hasn't been a classic, to be fair. St Mirren winger Jordan Jones has been good. He had the first chance in seven minutes after a decent run down the left, but he could only hit the side netting from a tight angle. Bruce Anderson's also been pretty bright for Livy. He had an opening in 13 minutes. Nicky Devlin, great run down the right, found with a cutback, but the striker fired wide. There's not been much between the teams, a lot of tackles flying in. But Livingston did have a good chance in 21 minutes. Alan Forrest corner found Ayo Obelai and he headed over from close range. Some have some decent breaks. I say Jordan Jones has looked good, but it was Livy's Jason Holt, Holt who had the final effort of the half when Jack Annick saved his 20 yard shot. Half time at the Tony Macaroni, Livingston 0, St. Man 0. Hitting feisty at Fur Park, Hayes and O'Hara both going in strong on each other. It was quite high tempered last week. This is picking up uh, where it left off as well. It really is lots of pushing and shoving, all the usual. Graham Alexander, he tends to get involved, but he's in the stand, so he's going to struggle uh, from up there. Jim Goodwin, no shrinking violet, albeit he's a bit calmer as a manager uh, than he was uh, as a player, you have to say. Um, and yeah, we don't mind that as long as it doesn't boil over too much. 
Gordon, it's, it's good to see these guys are, are paying attention. No, yeah, I bet you're coming together. Um, who's on the floor there? Is that Hayes? Johnny Hayes on the floor? No, it's O'Hara, yes. actually. Hara, yeah, and Hayes, yeah. Both. I have to say, though, Gordon, uh, it looks a bit innocuous. You know, it looks Johnny Hayes has not actually moved a muscle. This this fixture, though, is. Do you think that all, all, all mark? season? All season, this fixture has thrown up. Yeah. Quite feisty encounters You remember back to Pataudry And a few clashes there In that first half Then last week And, and now this So Fair play to Nick Walsh on here. Because what he's actually done Is he's took his time, time Step yeah. back And he's actually speaking To the, the linesman On the near side there mm. I'll tell you what Let's leave it there for now Because we do have Half time at Hibs Ross County With Fraser Wisher Yeah Hibs nil Ross County nil Very feisty at Fir Park Could do with a bit of feistiness Or something Or anything Easter Road because it's been a very poor <coughs> first half. Not much change. Hibs poor league form continues. County, to be honest, not much better. But we'll be happier side at the break. They started quite well, comfortable possession. County defending well when Hibs attacked. 15 minutes, probably the only shot on goal in the first half was Jordan White found some space on the box on the angle. We tried to lift the ball over Macy, but the big tall keeper saved easily, and that was just about it. Hibs had some good early possession. Other than Chris Cadden, who was lively on the right, a couple of really good crosses, no one there to take them. There was no threat to Laidlaw's goal in the whole 45 minutes. 25 minutes past, East Road faithful, quiet, and just beginning to show discontent. Ewan Henderson then tried his luck from 20 yards, shot deflected well wide, but the fact I'm actually talking about it shows you how few efforts there were at goal. The game in general deteriorated, no tempo, neither side creating anything. Game littered with mistake after mistake and poor passing. The key players, like Regan Charles Cook and Kevin Nisbet, seen little of the ball and half perhaps summed up when Nisbet did find space five minutes before the break and he went to volley a nice looped pass from Henderson into his path he went to volley it and missed the ball completely and that was it the boost started for the house fans as the players went off it can only be better surely in the second half half time Easter Road Hibs nil Ross County nil are we still waiting at Fir Park it's been a, a feisty end to this one players down getting treatment yeah uh, I tell you what Johnny Hayes looks like in a a bit of bother he is actually sitting up but his left leg when he went in for the tackle and Ahara came in and top him it looked like it was you know getting caught underneath him yeah and it looked a a real sore one I don't think there was too much in that Gordon I think that was two players honestly going for the ball yeah committed that's exactly right Dazzler they've they've both come in and I think the body weight of Ahara's probably landed on Ahara eh, on Johnny Hayes sorry yeah we sometimes get a bit caught up in the fact that because of the way the tackling has gone now and everyone's so aware of excessive force and endangering opponents, we sometimes forget that accidental clashes can happen when two players fly towards each other. Um, you know, we do sometimes overlook that, don't we, nowadays? Yeah. That very much comes under that bracket, yeah. Gordon. I think, as, as the guys have said there, that was just a coming together. There was no excessive force. Uh, it was, as, we, as we see the expression. It's, it's good to see the urgency for the stretcher, <laughs> guys, you know, <laughs> ambling across the park there. Oh, and from the free kick, Kevin Van Veen hits the post. What an end to this game. It is now ha- uh, end to the half, sorry. It is now half time. Let's speak to Andrew McLean. Motherwell nil, Aberdeen won the half time score at Far Park, and Jim Goodwin's side lead at the break in his first match in charge in terms of the actual quality of football here it actually hasn't been very good the pitch may have something to do with that but it has been an entertaining game and there has been a good few chances as well Lewis Ferguson's free kick early on was saved by Liam Kelly before the mother keeper tipped Calvin Ramsey's header over the bar a few minutes later the hosts had chances of their own Liam Donnelly volleying over from the edge of the box and then nearly one of those freak goals as well Kevin Van Veen 
he closed down Joe Lewis who was trying to kick the ball out the ball rebounded off Van Veen and went just wide then Aberdeen looked as if they'd taken the lead when Christian Ramirez flicked him across from the left but the offside flag went up for that one you felt a goal was coming from somewhere and it was the visitors who got it 34 minutes in a good ball down the left channel found Adam Montgomery he got in behind Bevis Mugabe Montgomery then squared the ball into Vicente Bassayan, but he and he turned the ball over from a few yards out for 1-0 then it got a bit feisty right before half time a strong challenge Hayes and O'Hara both going in on each other both picking up an injury in the process a bit of pushing and a bit of shoving Declan Gallagher booked in the process from the resulting free kick though Kevin Van Veen stepped up a fantastic effort over the wall but it came off the post but a good start for Jim Goodwin to build on in his first day in charge the half time score here at Fir Park is Motherwell nil Aberdeen 1 so interesting first 45 at Fir Park we will give you a full round up of the half time scores next the fastest goals The expert opinions This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard The halftime whistles have gone up and down the country So let's give you a roundup of the halftime scores In the Scottish Premiership It's Hibs nil, Ross County nil, Livingston nil, St Mirren nil, Motherwell nil, Aberdeen 1 And St Johnston 1, Hearts 1 Into the Championship Hamilton Ackies nil, Morton nil. Inverness 0, Air United 1, Kilmarnock 2, Wraith Rovers 0, and Queen of the South 0 are both 0. In Scottish League 1, Cove Rangers 1, Falkirk 0, Dumbarton 1, Alloa 1, East Fife 1, Queen's Park 1, Montrose 1, Clyde 1, and Peterhead 0, Airdrionians 1. In League 2, Annan Athletic 0, Edinburgh City 0, Cowdenbeath 1, Elgin City 0, Forfar 0, Kelty 0, and Stranraer 1, Stenhouse Muir 0. Let's finish with the English Premier League. A full-time result from earlier. West Ham 1, Newcastle 1. At the break, Arsenal 0, Brentford 0. Aston Villa 0, Watford 0. Brighton 0, Burnley 2. Crystal Palace 0, Chelsea 0. Liverpool 0, Norwich 0. And Southampton 0, Everton 0. We will be back for the second 45s next. Scottish football's league leader. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard.